0: Hey, Vivian, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, I am so excited because this is something special we're trying. Um, Usually we do a full on episode, it takes an hour or so, but this time you and I were talking as coworkers, which we found out we are, um, and stumbled upon a conversation that I felt like, wait, like we need to talk about this a little bit
1: more publicly. I know, <laughs> super excited. I'm glad we made it happen.
0: Yeah. And um, the way I know you, of course, Um. I actually wasn't meant to sign on for your project. Um. I was introduced by Robin, who is our mutual friend. And she was like, yeah. hey, do you have time? And I was like, actually, I don't really. And she's like, no, you want to know these women like they're awesome. <laughs> you should meet my friend Vivian.
1: Um. And that's how we started talking. Oh, so nice. Yes, I was like in desperate search of someone who had like amazing talent, could really support us in getting the word out about some fun events we were doing um, tied to, you know, the elections. And I felt like it was the best possible thing that could have happened that she pointed me your way. Um, It was fantastic partnership. And then we were actually co-workers. So that was a great great surprise
0: yes you can't get rid of me
1: i know Uh, how did the (laughs)
0: project end up by the way can you tell us a little bit more about it
1: yeah so it was um it was a powerful women's collective which was a group that came together to really celebrate um women especially in this election season and rally you know kind of a celebration of women who are doing powerful things but also drive awareness and energy towards getting women out to vote So there was two main events that were, um, you know, essentially a party as well as a call to action to make sure people were registered, and it was fantastic. Um, My friend Venus actually had the vision for it. She is both a doctor and a musician, someone who just really looks to amplify women in everything she does, and um, sort of on a whim, I think, like in September, she decided she wanted to do this, got a bunch of women together, and I think Um, It was fantastic, and you were so, so amazing. You came in and made sure that we were able to get the word out to as many people as possible and that our branding and our voice on Instagram was strong and powerful and inviting. And um, I think based on how the votes turned out um, and the outcome, I I think it was a success. (laughs) It was due to us. Yes, we did. We did it, right. (laughs) Honestly, though, (laughs) what would he do
0: without women? Seriously, I, I think that's the reason why, like, it was hard to say no. And honestly, it was a privilege to be included, especially, I mean, one of the things that we're talking about and the main thing we're talking about is this kind of missed opportunity sometimes for our communities to come together and recognize how much more we have in common. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it just did a lot to my heart and just um, like to help gear up for the election season of being able to contribute to what I feel like is my sister community of black women.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good to come together. And then because we knew each other, you know, we're going to talk about this, but it was really great after the elections because I could see like your celebration and kind of see where your community was at through your your social, you know. And so it was a good peek, um, you know, to the other side.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because Biden winning, of course, a lot of us were ready to see Kamala win specifically Mm -hmm. And my dad was one of the folks who responded from the Indian perspective, for example. So we were talking about how exciting this was. You know, We call her Kamala auntie, um, because we call all Indian women aunties after Mm -hmm. a certain point. And he was like, well, I don't know. She doesn't seem to really talk about her Indian identity so much. And he almost sounded sort of betrayed, like this wasn't our success anymore, which Mm -hmm. is, I think, a shared you know, feeling for both groups, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm kind of curious, like, how you thought about that, too, coming from our sister community.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, the experience was interesting. I mean, obviously, she is, it it was a resounding, I think the election and the results was like a resounding celebration for black women. I mean, the way we felt like we had shown up to vote, um, the work that both, Um, Stacey Abrams and so many other people had done. There was so much to celebrate. And then putting a woman who definitely identifies as black in the White House um, was just such a big deal. Um, I definitely know that Kamala, you know, has both sides. And so for me, it was so interesting from a social perspective, like if I was looking at my black friends, it was like, yes, you know, and then like my Jamaican friends specifically went even deeper there, just given her roots. But then it was also fun to see with like Indian friends, um, this Kamala auntie, like I definitely saw that everywhere. And I thought, oh my gosh, like she really means so much to so many people. Um, even even my boss had called me at the time and was like, my son can, um, really celebrate that we have a tamil in the and i was like Screw, like no no men please <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> i definitely had a moment like can we have a second like <laughs> can no we just have one thing <laughs> yeah one thing but um yeah I, I i actually think it was at that moment that i really thought about how much she means to so many groups and um what communities really claim her because i will say that like her narrative can come off like very much like I'm, you know, as a black woman, these are the things that I've experienced. She went to an HBCU. Um, and I know that she's been discriminated against and had experiences that made, that, that probably solidified for her that like, to the world, she's black as a young woman, right? As a young girl. And so right. um, I thought that was important for her to, to like, I think that's a huge why, reasons why she embraced that in the way that she did. Um, But I probably didn't think as much about whether or not she was embracing other parts of her. Did you feel like she was like just kind of over the course of of this? Like, did you feel like she was embracing each side of her pretty equally or no?
0: Yeah, I think that's the part that I'm still, you know, making sense of, because honestly, instinctively, I feel like does she really need to embrace both 50-50 Uh, to appease us right so first of all who is she doing it for Um, she should be doing it for herself Um, and that's where like it begs the question of like why does Kamala have to belong to any one group for them to feel like it's a success or something to be proud of because it is actually truly kind of the blend of what you want to see of people feeling like you don't have to belong to a certain team for me to feel proud of this you know accomplishment Mm -hmm. When I was reading up about her, you know, her background, like, you know, you mentioned, right? Like every group was like, I see myself in her. Mm. One of the other ones I thought was funny was like straight up, like people from India in like the villages that she's from (laughs) were doing religious rituals, like breaking coconuts to make sure that she won. she actually apparently called her uh, family in Tamil Nadu to ask them to break coconuts when she was running for California uh, general attorney so for her obviously her identities run seamlessly right like she's probably not thinking about like what's the indian thing i'm doing today or like what's yeah. the black thing i'm doing today um and so i think that's where it's sort of unfortunate to me that we feel like we can't all identify and connect because who better honestly i'm actually yeah. like shit She's got to like storm ahead of her because she is she gonna have to please so many people
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's it's a tall order. I, I think a lot. I, I, I'm you know very much a religious person, and I I think a lot about this idea of like such a time as this, meaning like people are created for a special reason and season. And I'm like, God, like when when she was put together, this person had this in mind that this moment would come where everyone was looking at her like, okay, you're our beacon. And I'm like, that is a ton of pressure um, mm-hmm. for anyone, right? So. Um, It's an interesting one. I think it's a, what I, I know we talk about like, does she belong? And I think the idea of belonging is probably the struggle she's felt. Like, do I fit in here? Do I fit in there? Yeah. I feel like what people are feeling like is either a sense of ownership, like, no, she's ours, which is an interesting feeling that no one should have about any one person. Um, But also like, she represents me and represents like where my community can go and, and how far, you know, I can get to. And I think that's why there's so much like kind of hands reaching out to grab onto grab onto her because it's she's reflective of all of our progress. Um and selfishly we all want it to be like all for one one group or all for us.
0: Absolutely. And I think that also speaks to a broader trend. You you know, we mentioned how people feel like, no, she should reflect to me. And like you see a lot of celebrity things. And that's sort of the interesting thing that people are like, yeah. well, you should serve me. And you're like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah, I get that they're being paid like a lot or like, you know, they're in positions of authority. But certain things like don't have to be necessarily done to prove a point to us. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where too like um some of the indian community like you know there's this sort of feedback of hey like but she was raised by her indian mom like how come we don't talk more about you know the culture that she grew up in or the values that she was raised with which again i i disagree because i think we actually she addresses her mom really openly very openly and even in her speeches like she straight up addressed her aunties as chitties and like she did those uh, collaborations with Mindy Kaling. Like she, yeah. I thought, did as best of a job as one person can to show mm-hmm. her connection to both groups. Um, vastly diverse different groups, right? Like yeah. unique in their own right.
1: Yeah, I think she had a fierce, uh, like it, it's one thing I think she identifies in a very kind of, I don't wanna, I'm trying to find the right term here, I won't have it, but in a seamless way with her Indian roots, because it sounds like that's not the part of her that was challenged the most. I'm not saying that there wasn't growth and evolution and maybe times where she had challenges there, but you know, even as she writes her story and talks about her story, it's like when they moved to a certain neighborhood, people weren't allowed to play with her and her sister because they were seen as black, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think when you, the side of you that you have to defend the most, it just speaks more um, to America and what america has been conditioned to discriminate against i mean obviously it's both sides but like the heaviest roots is is against black right and i always think about the one drop rule which was a rule you know coming out of slavery where it's like if you had one drop of black you know like that brought you down in society um and that had you considered as mm. black um because it was considered the lowest denominator type of minority there was and so in that scenario, nobody cared who she identified with. It's like, throw you away, you're rubbish, you're black. And that carried in society as a trend so much that like, here's this woman or girl, um, when you think back to when she was young, who actually has two identities, but people just threw her away when they saw her because they saw her as black. Um, And so that became the side that she probably had to be most defensive about. Um, Whereas like, being Indian was where she was most comfortable because it's what was happening in her home. Like if her mother was that and she was mainly raised by her mother, it's like I don't have to defend this, it's who I am. Uh, that's how I see it. I'm applying poetic license, but that's just kind of my take on it. <laughs> no, I
0: feel you. That that's exactly what I was talking about with my dad too, is like in mm. the end of the day, for example, so like some I get asked all like in family gatherings or when people see me, they'll ask the question which a lot of people from dual identities can identify mm. with, which is where are you from? Mm. And the answer has is it's almost like a test, this exercise. Yes. Um, they're like kind of fucking with you. They like if you yeah. say if I'm like Pleasanton, California They're like, "Mm, where are you from? And (laughs) yeah, so eventually the point is you are brown. Where are you? Like you you're clearly from somewhere else. So I bring that up because, you know, in the end of the day, no matter how many times I tell people, whether Indian or American, that I am, you know, from Texas, I was born in Texas or I grew up here um, or I'm American. They'll say like, but you're Indian, girl. Like, don't forget. Like, that's what people see when they you know, look Mm -hmm. at you. And I think similarly with Kamala, like. I think people look at her and they probably see a black woman more often than they see an Indian woman. And I think that's also kind of, you know, the piece where I'm like, it's not a again team to belong to because it also dismisses the fact that like Indians have benefited from a lot of privilege too, you know, like the way that they've been portrayed or treated with like immigration laws. And I think it's just kind of a bummer that we don't see that and immediately sort of go like, hey, you know, she doesn't really acknowledge it. She's not one of us. But right. it's, it's not about whether she's from Africa or India. The, like, you know, the pla- like original places. It's about mm. her identity as an American
1: yeah. in the US, right? Yeah, 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 no, that's super important. I mean, I think, you know, to that point of of privilege, just the flip side, I know, for instance, in the elections, I was every time they put the exit polls up I felt like I kept trying to scroll down because I'm like where's the eight you know it would be like white men and white women and black women and I was like where's the Asian vote and Are uh, obviously other. <laughs> other and I was like come on like it, it broke my heart every time Yeah. and so but it does occur to me like I'm like I'm always and I and I'm not saying that this is like consistent for most people out there I'm probably like unique in this way I'm like very conscious of that like blatant ignorance from society and how we make that community invisible when it comes to um pop culture and entertainment storytelling and the narratives but i sometimes don't feel like the flip side exists where it's like okay like indian culture fully understands like oh um i am more welcomed here than some people you know what i mean and i think um that's the case I, i just feel like I, I I think of it as like what culture does she have to fight for um, or kind of defend herself against and that probably is why she has a slightly louder voice around it. Um, and at the end of the day, I think I'm Nigerian, so I, and I tend to think Nigeria and India we have very similar traits yes. If, <laughs> If you are making us proud, we're claiming you, period. Like right. so yeah. even if she had never said she was Indian, we would have been like, yes. Right. Da, 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 da. If you're so, not, then you can have her, right? Right, <laughs> right. Like if she wasn't doing well, would we be having this conversation? Um, but yeah, I think the right thing to do is to pivot the dialogue to like what what is there to celebrate, right? Like mm-hmm. Whether she's identifying or not, like when you look at her, she represents progress. She represents like something new, something different, um, opportunity for all of us, and and that's really important
0: yeah I feel like what a perfect way honestly, to start to mm. bring this change, right?
1: Yeah, yeah um,
0: but I'm you know, I'm also curious like we've talked about kind of both sides, but mm-hmm. you know, Kamala announces her presidency run originally, right? like earlier yeah. this year in Oakland, California. So I went there really eagerly and was like super excited to see her do it. and um what was your reaction personally when you read that, saw that?
1: Yeah, I was excited then. I mean, at that time, there was so much happening with the Democratic Party. It was very stressful. I was like, oh, God, are we setting ourselves up for success with all these candidates, right? So I I actually was like, I need to do my homework and make sure. Well, I already knew who she was. I I was already very excited for her, expected her to run. But I, I, I actually did something that I don't like to do, and I, like, I think back on it now, I'm like, why did you do that? It's like, I tempered my excitement, and I was like, I'm gonna be hard on her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if she's delivering on expectations. But honestly, in that moment when I found out, I was very excited. Um, I was happy that she actually decided to put her name in the hat. So I was at a conference, um, Later that year, when she kind of pulled her name, uh, pulled herself out of the race, um, and her niece was there and was so emotional and less emotional that her aunt actually wasn't going to be running anymore, but really emotional about the loss for women, for the loss for diversity, um, the fact that we had hit the glass ceiling again. And so, I'm so excited that you know now a year later we're we're seeing a different kind of story. Absolutely. And it's interesting what
0: you mentioned, you know, I noted where you said, like, I I almost wanted to be like kind of hard on her after that. Mm. And I think that's something, unfortunately as women of color, when we do get the limelight, like we've talked about this in some episodes with the Indian American community, it's like you become yeah. very like hard on the few people out there because all of a sudden those few people represent all of us. All of us. And it puts that pressure, right? So um, they can't though, they're one human being representing one, human. one perspective. So I this was actually honestly the first time that I embraced um someone so truly this is my personal journey i think when Mm -hmm. kamala announced i felt like i was finally it intersected with my own lahari path of life Mm -hmm. development not that kamala cares but like where i was like (laughs) i can proudly proclaim like i don't care what she does like she looks like me i feel better represented in the government Mm -hmm. and honestly she didn't need to be indian to honestly like i've always looked to black art or community or friends to feel like i belong more i've been really lucky that the the community has always welcomed me when I was underrepresented in like really small towns of like the country when I worked initially in my career, um, but I digress. So regardless, I felt like that was really, it's, it's just really difficult because once you see one of you out there, it, it becomes very scathing as we saw for Obama too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's also interesting that when it was too brown, when you're mixed with two brown sides, right, that then it becomes a question of like who, where does she belong, who owns her? Like no, white people were not asking me like, well, Obama is half, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, nobody cared. Like white people were like, you can have that. You can yeah. have that black man, which we gladly, happily, proudly took. Yeah. Um, but. It's it's also so interesting that it that it's a it's a different story when we start talking about minority groups because we're all vying to to show up and to be yeah. represented. Um, it
0: probably but, actually to your point means like look around you this is how sad it is that like we yeah. don't have
1: anyone out right. there. So we're all like, let's just take this one person, and they reflect every single thing. Totally, um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous now. Like, I'm so happy for. I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. And like, this is gonna write the narrative for for all of us. Um, but I know it's gonna be good. Um, but yeah, to that point about like when you don't have enough representation, what does it do to the people who are representing you? Ugh. I've thought about that for a long time. I remember when television, it was probably like five years ago, I felt like TV was starting to really expand with, or maybe it was six years ago, like female lead characters that were black yes. and brown, and especially like black women. This was like... um Gabrielle Union had a role, and we had how to get away with murder, we had, you know, scandal, and there was kind of like a bunch of things, and I was at all a All Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, all <laughs> Shonda Rhimes, basically. Um, and like, I uh, was at a conference, and I, and, and then there was like, obviously like Real Housewives or whatever. And I asked this question of like, why are all the characters like basically like having affairs with like married men? Like, why is this the narrative? And I remember one of the Um, entertainment like leader she was like president Mm. at the time of one of the networks was like I mean I've had friends do that like she basically said it like it's not unreal like it happens and that black women
0: have affairs
1: yeah but I mean all women have affairs so she's basically like why are you acting like we don't have affairs I was like yeah it's fine but if we're only gonna have four black women on TV and four of them are having affairs with married men guess what the whole world now thinks like all like that's all we do and I I realized that, like, I sat back and I was like, huh, you're putting so much pressure on these stories because they're the only stories, you know what I mean? And it was like, you can't, I was like, this is gonna be the narrative forever. And like, we need, I was like, literally, you producers need to talk to each other across networks and be like, you can have a cheating black woman and you can have a successful black woman. And (laughs) you can, you you know, (laughs) I was like, because the world is gonna just define us a certain way. but luckily we've expanded from there right like we're getting to tell we're not just getting to tell more stories we're telling super powerful super beautiful stories Mm -hmm. across networks and so now there's freedom to show our heights and our flaws and not feel like all of it is going to just cement who we are to everyone around the world Yeah, that
0: actually uh, reminds me a little bit of what I read in uh, the chapters of Issa Rae's book called "Why um, Awkward Black Girl." And um, it was great. And she has this one section where she talks about, you know, where did all the black television shows and characters go? Like in the 90s, you grow up. If you were a child of the 90s, you started to see a lot of television reflect that. And, you know, as a 90s brown kid, I didn't have a lot of Indian representation on TV, but I certainly had people who shared my skin tone as a dark Indian girl. Um, and I felt like Fresh Prince, like all these shows, like really sister, sister. I felt like they get my values. They they look like me. And then Isara talks about like suddenly they disappeared. And she's like, where did they go? Um, and that kind of reminds me of like, you know, I think they're in like once you start going to a gap, like it really does have an effect on your mind because you literally don't see who you are around you. So you feel alone. And I get really genuinely like my fiance kind of makes fun of me for it but now he knows why like Mm -hmm. he'll be like oh do you want to check out this show and I'm like I can't stand it I'm sorry I can't watch another show or movie about rich white people like cheating on each other in order to find some like growth and development in their lives and (laughs) feel something Um, yeah (laughs) but you reminded me of like you know because on one hand you could argue like well Olivia Pope cheating. What's that different about like other, you know, uh, the affair that literally encapsulates this. Right. Right. Um, But at the same time, to your point, like you don't have those stories. So like in the Indian community, we're grasping straws as well. Like we're usually represented as like someone working in the gas station or driving your taxi, a Mm -hmm. turban man who's kind of wise secretly. And right. um, when we then interact i do get that response people don't realize like when i then interact like people might say like oh like appu like welcome to india and like they do like stupid ass accent that like no one in india has yeah um and it or like in that movie um what is it 40 year old virgin the guy who's like go fuck a goat and that's like his big you know the indian character there so I really feel you, and the one thing is, though, for us, it's more embarrassment, maybe, but mm. I don't know if like, I could say that the Indian community can compare it to the black community, because I think the detrimental effects mm-hmm. are perhaps bigger for the black community, how it's been portrayed in the media.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, because it was orchestrated that way in order to oppress, right? Like, these were Mm -hmm. orchestrated images, right? Like, there was things that were done in terms of, you know, blackface and different characters that were put into entertainment back in the day in slavery time to reinforce that black people are dumb, black people are stupid, black people can't move forward in society. And that carried on through the 90s, whether it was cops um, showing kind of like our incarceration rates or kind of showcasing that this is what it looks like and black communities, it, the stigma is still there, the effects are still there, and we're living the impacts of that, and so the stories that are told are so important. Um, and I think about this from multiple kind of intersectional points. I'm, I'm Nigerian, um, and even I remember working on a campaign as a marketer a couple years ago, and we were doing a story about a little boy, and, and he's in America, but he had this amazing story, and. He was telling, um, you know, his dad was talking about when he was younger how he used to climb trees. And they wanted him to climb a tree and then they wanted him to repeat the story. And I was like, absolutely. first of all, that's not making the final cut. And <laughs> I was like, they're like, but it's his truth. And I said, yeah, but that's all you guys know. Like we we climb trees and we're hungry and we're starving in Africa. And I was like, as an African on this shoot. And on this project, we will tell a different story. Like, what else can I tell you about our people? And um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, one of my favorite authors, she actually mm-hmm. has a talk um, around the single story and something that like really inspired her when she was in school for writing, I think when she came to Princeton. Um, and it was about turning this phenomenon around, around how the world kind of learns one single story about any given group. Um, and you know, we have a job to do in this world to start to flesh out more stories about more groups, right? Um, so to your point, it's like Indians aren't all cab drivers, and everyone's not wise, and everyone's not doing this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and we you know, what are new stories we can tell? Um And I think about Robin who introduced us, we actually went. We were at an event like near the White House. It was the uh, United State of women, a couple. Um, years ago. And we went in, which was super amazing, surrounded, you know, Michelle Obama's hosting this huge event for like women in the US to celebrate and move women's empowerment forward. And we're at an event and there was like a spread, and I went and put food on my plate. And Robin was like, I can't believe you picked up chicken. (laughs) We're all like we're constantly fighting against the grain of the stories that have been like put in society. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can't eat chicken in public. I'm like, it's literally the food that's there. But I have the same reaction with watermelon in public. So I I think, you know, the stories we know and like what we're fighting against and kind of where do you have to defend yourself just becomes such an innate part of how um, people with minorities and people with certain intersectionalities have to live their life.
0: I, I really appreciate you sharing that. That's really powerful. And I like on a I could relate to that piece of like, you know, you showed the things that You're like, oh, don't show that, like the true story. Um, You know, like any time India is in the picture, it is you show chaotic traffic, you show arranged marriage, you show cows, you show dirt poverty. And of course, yes, to all of the above. Those exist. Mm. No, I'm not hiding any of it. But I cringe anytime India comes into the picture of a movie or show, yeah. like especially like he prayed love, for example, I was like, great. Oh, like gosh. another story about like how the woman is finding being wronged themselves. by arranged marriage. Yeah. yeah. And finding themselves <laughs> through the yoga <laughs> retreat. Like, right. And bringing that back here to the States and using it as you will. And um, it, the thing, though, I will catch is like, I want to be intentional about the clarity of like, there. yes, this exists and it makes me uncomfortable. But the impact of those images is different. And I think that's yeah. where like the Indian community, like I I'm with you and I hear you. It sucks when we see ourselves being represented that way. But we are not facing economic or political discrimination because yeah. of it, nor is it life or death. Yeah. Um, We're maybe social discomfort um, yeah. and misunderstanding. And I think that's where, like, I really wish people would recognize, like, what is ultimately the damage that's being created? And that's mm-hmm. why sometimes the conversation has to be about another group, not yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, good to yeah. unpack it with yourself and understand better because it gives you perspective to then better be a, someone who can join the fight. But I don't think it does necessarily mean it's like, but we have it hard, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: that's where I'm, like, very cautious of that. I love that you're breaking that down. I wish I could do the same so eloquently. Like literally my only words are it's not a competition and like you don't wanna be in this race. You don't wanna be fighting the fight that black mm-hmm. people have to fight in this country every single day trying to overcome years and years and years of, you know, like kind of a stigma that has been woven into society. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, traveled around the world, you know, like it's it carries like as a black American, you go to another country and people say things to you and you're like, ah, so you've picked that up from what you've been seeing on television, which was mm-hmm. orchestrated by a system that was created to oppress me. And so like now you speak to me a certain way, even mm-hmm. though I'm not in the country where that oppression actually happens. Um, so it, it, it's such a deep, 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 to your point, like it's, it's very different it's a, and it leaves deep scars. Um, and it's meant to keep a people down. Um, it's not just some social discomfort. Um, and, and not to diminish what that social discomfort feels like or is like because- Totally. When those things happen, especially if they happen at a formative age, they can really impact you, right? Absolutely. I, I'm i not taking
0: away too, like I want to note, like there are certain uh, brown communities that were very impacted by the 9-11 incidents. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of communities that are impacted by this anti-Muslim rhetoric mm-hmm. now. So while I'm generalizing, it's not to take away or say that the Indian-American community has not dealt with its own inequities and at times very dangerous inequities.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's just, there's a lot to, to consider here and a lot to, um, it just kind of really showcases why Kamala is needed, you know? Like the mm-hmm. fact that that this is a conversation um just really pinpoints the fact that like we needed a face like hers and it it continues the other story that it brings up is how important for whether we like to say it or not like how important america is the u.s is in the narrative of the world right like when you see people make it here Mm -hmm. it tells a story around the world um which, when I was living abroad, was very sad because the story was about Trump. But now it can be about oh, something God. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were really traumatic years oh, for all God. of us. Literally, I left the country and was like, "Yeah, I'll be back," you know, in 2020, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I did. Uh, but it was it was bad. It was really bad. For sure, I
0: remember um, right when he was elected. The few days later, my best friend and I went to London, and like these like British guys, I think they thought like the way to hit on us was ask about Trump, which is like. just like a boner killer right there. But yeah. like, he was like, um, so like Trump, like, what do you think? And I'm like, you guys just voted Brexit. Like, come right. on, like, calm down. Like, <laughs> we know. are just your child. Honestly. Exactly. I told
1: I, I, I was the same way with the Brits. I was kind of like, come on, just shut up. You're basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I can't take the crown seriously. Like, I know it's like supposed to be a good show storytelling, yeah. but I'm like,
1: all your wealth is other countries. Like, please, I can't watch yeah. this. I mean, the whole the conver- we, you know a different conversation we can have at some point is definitely like colonizers and the effect they've had on the world. I actually just kind of bridging for that i I remember going to Amsterdam um with some with some coworkers um, and they were from South Africa. one was white, one was black, and we landed in the the white open. it's like, why um what did she say? She was like, oh, it's so crazy how I can understand what they're saying here. And I was like, what's crazy about it? They came to this, <laughs> you, they took over all of South Africa and totally terrorized. Like, have you heard of apartheid? Like, you are, you're speaking the oppressor's language. And like, I lost totally. it for like about yeah. 10 minutes. And I was like, sorry, trigger, triggered.' <laughs> no, absolutely. Because we
0: sort of, Forget right? We soften it, and like yeah. and then t- time passes, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, no, no! But this exists because of a terrible reason. Exactly. Like you don't understand like how dark it is if you want to go there. Yeah, um, yeah. But honestly, what you said earlier, it really kind of refreshed um that like pride of like why i fell in love with america so like Mm -hmm. go you miss inspiration (laughs) um (laughs) my fiance recently became an american citizen um and he was kind of like yeah it was like the day before the election so he was able to do it and then vote the next day and register since california the same day but we were joking like yeah like this is under like his picture will be with like the trump cut out and like He's like, I don't know how I feel, honestly, about being an American citizen right now. And we were lamenting over like the America that was sold to us growing up is kind of feeling different, obviously, right? like I'm very much like undermining. But what you described is exactly what I think I feel like cocky about America is Mm -hmm. like it is the fact that like you can see these like super random like. Amalgamations of cultures and identities come together, and they can find success. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the beauty of the states. And I feel like Kamala, to me, like to your point, like rather than get bogged down into the who does she belong to, where does she sit, and is she this enough and that enough, she's just the perfect representation of what the American story is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which we sort of started to lose hope in because you know of all this dialogue around immigrants, it was almost like the core of why America is what America is was being challenged and it's like mm-hmm. no it's it's the land you can come and become um yeah. and you know she is the fruit of you know immigrant labor and and like of of different paths and lifestyles in this in this country and it is really exciting i think she's like a really great testimony and i love that we can all be inspired by her and hopefully um you know her story will really kind of continue to inspire other people to follow the same path totally
0: for sure so I guess my last question for you even though I could talk to you like all night about this (laughs) (laughs) like what
1: directions yeah I had so many thoughts (laughs) (laughs) um but
0: you know when you think about it like how do you we've talked about both our identities and communities that
1: we're drawing Mm -hmm. from and
0: how do you think we can continue to create unity and allyship between the Indian and black community?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's sharing each other's stories um, and spending time together. I think I, I was, not to pat myself on the black back, I was very happy <laughs> to. <Brilliant. laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, but I was very happy, like during, like when the elections, when we announced or when we made the call, like, okay, it's Biden and Kamala, I was so happy that my newsfeed in social kind of showed me all these diverse celebrations because I was like, yes, that means that like your circle doesn't look like just like you. Right. Um, And I think it's when we open up our worlds and we open up our stories to each other, um, that really does that helps. Um, And I think we should, you know, go the mile to be raw with one another, have the right conversations. I mean, so when I talk about opening up our stories, that's like as high up as like what Netflix is doing with kind of like telling more stories, although I know Mm -hmm. their um, Indian matchmaking was problematic for a lot of people. But uh, (laughs) I I know, but like they have a goal, right, to kind of bring stories into one place and open them up so we can see stories Mm -hmm. from around the world but also on an interpersonal and personal level, I think it's kind of break the barriers, talk to people, um, get to know them, and, and be, become part of their forward momentum. Like, don't just be an ally, be like a progressive ally that takes part. That, that's kind of my, my pitch. I love that because it's
0: not only like listening, which I'm also kind of triggered by because after the summer, I'm like the amount of people who are like, I'm listening. Yeah. It's like, shut up. (laughs) It's not (laughs) (laughs) not listening. I'm glad you decided to do that for the first time. Um, But in addition, it's the action that takes place. And I think obviously responsibly and intentionally. Mm -hmm. I think you said it really well, so I won't even try to like re-say it um, poorly, but You know, one thing I realized is like one uh, I have a friend that I met in Atlanta because we liked each other's Halloween costumes and Mm. then we became really good friends and she's Nigerian and her friends, uh, sorry, her family still live in Lagos and Mm -hmm. we were talking about our parents and I was like, wait, we have the same parents like you also had a lot of pressure to become a very high achieving. STEM oriented individual, like all the feedback about our pressure of like dating. And we were just like completely running like it's loose in Atlanta. Crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But we were like, oh, my God, we have the same calls at the end of the week with our parents. And to me, that was one small way. But it I don't know. It was it was very meaningful for
1: me to understand, like, okay, like, you know, it's not just me and my brown chicks. For sure. No, I, I had a um, one of my good friends now. She actually lives in Dubai. So we were both in Dubai at the same time. But we met living out here in Jersey, actually, same situation, like we met on Craigslist because I was looking for a temporary roommate and we were working together. So I have this thing with coworkers, I guess.
0: (laughs) And meeting them randomly. You thought you were king. I know, like how
1: did this happen? Um, As I was saying it, I was like, you sound crazy. But um, we it it was almost 10 years ago now. So we lived together for like three or four months. And it was, so we we everyday were like we're the same. You're Nigerian, I'm in, you know, like we're the same. Like we just kept talking about it um yeah. cuz our families were definitely, you know, her mom was trying to get her married, my mom was trying to do the same and it was very stressful for both of us. So uh,
0: yeah, everyone can relate. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> literally, literally. Absolutely.
0: Well, Vivian, I feel like again, I could talk so much about this with you, but Yeah. I can't thank you enough for you to spend this time with me, touching on this a very, very important topic that I feel like a lot of people are asking
1: the question around. Yeah, 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 and and thank you for having me. I mean, I will I will say I am not an expert. This is Vivian's opinion and of one. Um, yeah. But it's good. It's good to have the dialogue. I, I'm a firm believer in the conversation because I think it moves things forward. So, absolutely,
0: yeah. we can be one drop in the ocean yes. of these conversations. <laughs> I have one quick thing that I would love to try with you, which is our chip chip round. It's a okay. rapid fire. Um, and so I have five different questions or four different questions for you. But I'd love to ask really quickly. No yeah. overthinking. Okay. Are you ready? I'll try. All right, <laughs> let's go. So you mentioned you're in New Jersey. Yes. What is the most diehard New Jersey thing you're into?
1: I really like um, Subway sandwiches. Not from Subway, but you know what I mean? Like, sandwiches. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Deli sandwiches. Like, how do you even... I guess it's not New Jersey enough if I can't call them what they are. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, I've learned something new. Yeah. Um, what was a really random saving grace during 2020 for you? Not family, friends, etc. I want to
1: hear something creative, random. Uh, let's see. So many things. I mean, there were so many TV things, but that's also not that unique. But... um. I live on the 45th floor of my building and in an effort to not run into people in the first like half of COVID. So for like four months, every day I would go down 45 flights and back up. Um, And it was insane, uh, but it was good exercise and good mental time. And it was great. It was great. I'm blown away. I was so <laughs> First of all, I thought I was going to die every single time. I was like, I'm not getting better at this. What the hell? But it was great. <laughs> um, favorite food that your parents make? Favorite food my parents make? Uh, jollof rice. Um, it's a Nigerian mm. delicacy. Mm-hmm. Um, one book that changed your life this year? Uh, I read The Death of Vivek Oji. I've read so many books. The Death of Vivek Oji. Um, was an amazing book. So was The Gracier. So I'm just going to go with two. <laughs> Ooh, Which one do you recommend reading first? Um, Try The Gracier. OK. What has
0: dating looked like or romance looked like for you in 2020?
1: Oh, my gosh. You could not have asked me the most a more painful question because I, I had so many hopes for 2020 back in 2019 because dating is something I always like kick up kick up stream like I'm not gonna do it till I like oh I'm gonna start dating again I'm gonna start swiping again in three months this is what I do and so I was so ready (laughs) come January I like jumped right in of course and then obviously the pandemic hits and it I tried at the beginning of the pandemic. It was a disaster. Um, so I basically relegated myself to having Instagram and Twitter crushes, um, which I plan to action at some point before the yes. end of the year. That means that Sliding I'm gonna slide into DMs, into DMs yes. Effective, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Who's have a promise a to myself. celebrity that you would do that too. Ooh, celebrity. Uh, I don't know. I guess because no one's coming to mind, maybe Michael B. Jordan, but probably not actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was the sexiest person
0: alive. Yeah, I saw that today. today.
1: <laughs> and like all my little cousins were posting. It. I was like, are you old enough to like him? Like, what the heck are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm too old to like him because he's younger, I think, than me. So yeah,
1: I know. I think I probably age. is. That's probably what it is. I'm too old to like him. Not that they're too young, but I prefer it the other way.
0: So for sure um, I mean he's a good choice so we'll stick yeah. with that for now on yeah. the record
1: i yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> will take right. it